All right, everyone, welcome to the pod. This is From Distance. We have an official name now. Uh, this is your boy, Mayor, talking. I'm joined by my friend and always, Brandon. How's it going, Brandon? It's going well, you know. Um, just another day in, in New York City trying to survive. Dude, it is cold as shit up there, I'm sure. cold as shit. I'm coming from you uh, from Houston right now. I'm in a hotel room. Uh, I'm on a work trip, so I hope my internet's okay. I'm on the free Wi-Fi. I didn't pay extra. I didn't pay the five dollars extra for the streaming Wi-Fi. So I hope this comes to you crystal clear. Because our podcast uh, fan isn't worth it. Yeah, no, it's not worth it. Sorry, guys, but you know, I'm I'm dirt cheap. I'm practically uh, Jewish. There, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> we can bleep that out later. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, hopefully there's no, yeah. I'll bleep that out. And we are joined, and I don't know if you heard him in the background, we are joined by our third friend, uh, Stash. What How's up, it going, boys? Stash? Oh, uh, you know, it's going. Just uh, not watching basketball, watching hockey. Yeah, well, well, we'll pry you away from the hockey whenever we can to talk about some basketball, the more important sport of our generation. So just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, so let's jump right into it. Cause I know we're, we're short on time as always. Let's talk about the Lakers because who doesn't like talking about LeBron failing? He is being, he's being awful right now. He's, he's trying to be playoff activated, which let's be honest, worked for one game. And then now they've lost two in a row. Is that right, Brandon? Uh, they've lost four out of five. But they won the first one after he said uh, he was playoff activated. Oh, yeah, so they yeah. they lost four in a row? Is that what you're saying? No, not in a row. Four out of five. I think they beat um, – they, they had a big win, but then they lost to um, – they lost to the Pelicans, Memphis. They beat Houston but lost to Atlanta and Philly. Yes. Okay, you're right. So, yeah, they lost to the Grizzlies on Monday – did they lose the Rockets? No, they they beat the Rockets. They beat the Rockets. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's be honest. The Rockets are one of those weird teams right now that just can't get anything going. But anyway, what what do you what is your thoughts on LeBron? Because he he called out his team. He basically said, "Hey, I want to play with Anthony Davis." And then the trade didn't go through, and so LeBron's having to do damage control. Mag or uh, Magic Johnson's having to do damage control, and it seems like they're just not the team that everyone thought they would be, do you think they're going to make the playoffs? I have a lot of thoughts. Um, so he had a, like a really weird cryptic interview. Um, I think it was last night after Memphis. And it, he was like pseudo calling his team out, but also he was like, it, you know, it starts with me. Uh, he, I think he said the word comfort like seven times. Like we just got to get out of our comfort zone. We're too comfortable. And you know, if you're, if you're not comfortable uh, being uncomfortable, then you know, the Lakers isn't the franchise for you, but um, he, I mean, he's not playing very well. Um, and I, I think I just always err on the side of LeBron. Like I'm not a huge LeBron homer, but um, I think he's, I'm running a theory that he's still hurt because he, it's just not the normal LeBron we're used to seeing. And I, I understand that it's been a long time since we've had to see him scrape to get into the playoffs. Maybe, I mean, since his rookie year when they missed, um, but 
this is it's just a different LeBron James. So I, I I either think he doesn't give a shit or he's hurt. Yeah, I. So I was on the train that he faked his injury to get his teammates more playing time, so that when the trade market came around, Ingram, Lonzo Ball, all those guys could get more stats up while he was gone, so that the trade would look a little bit better. But I think you're right. Now that he's back, he's like, okay, the trade deadline's over. I'm back. I'm going to turn on playoff mode, LeBron. And it worked for one game. And then I think he just digressed right after that. And he was just like, shit, I am tired. I am old. I can't, I can't keep up with these young guys. And I think he's just having a struggling time. And he's probably got an injury. Yeah, I, uh, yeah it's, it's, it's definitely... It's a weird, it's a weird situation. Stephen A went on his show today and like blasted LeBron. So LeBron's the problem. He's the source of the chemistry issues. He's not playing very well. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at Brandon Ingram's stats. He's been playing really well. And so part of me is like all these people that were shitting on the trade package that was offered before the deadline, like go back and listen to our first freaking episode. I was trying to say this package isn't as bad as people think it is. I just think this team was poorly constructed. I mean, like your, your big free agent signings to surround LeBron was like Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo, JaVale McGee, like that. that It's just not going to work. And these young guys are actually playing well. I've, I've heard a ton of different stats I can't even begin to remember, but there are certain duos that work well. There are certain duos that don't work well, but it, I mean, it all comes back to LeBron, the superstar. He's just not playing like we're used to seeing him. Yeah, and, and I have the stats pulled up. So just last night, the LA Lakers played the Memphis Grizzlies, who are 24 and 38, who are not trying to, they're, they're probably done for the season. They traded away Marcus Hall. They're not trying to win anything right now. LeBron James went 8 for 23, 0 for 4 on three-pointers. He did get a triple-double, which is still pretty impressive that you can be that big of an impact on your team and not score that much. His Brandon Ingram scored 32 points. He went off 12 for 18. 12 for 18 is an amazing stat line. They still lost 110 to 105 to the Memphis Grizzlies. So... It's it's like his team is there and they're they're giving him support, but they just can't pull it out. I wonder if it's the defense. There there was a, a clip from last night where LeBron James just didn't seem to be playing hard defense, and I think that's a common theme where he tries so hard on offense and then on defense he kind of just gives you lackluster energy. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> that clip that went viral is pretty funny, but um, there there are s- some people on Twitter uh, kind of picking it apart and saying, you know, want, uh, Kuzma was supposed to rotate over and it wasn't LeBron's guy, but I don't know. I, I, I didn't watch that game, so obviously I can't comment. But yeah, the Lakers, I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to a uh, aging LeBron. He might be hurt. The team around him isn't very good, and they're in... An, an amazing, an historically amazing conference. So I think there's a lot of factors. Um, I think the the plus is uh, this the super team vibe is kind of losing its its traction because I don't think anyone wants to go to this shit show and play with LeBron. I, I think that's uh, 
the shine on that is kind of fading away a little bit. Yeah, I uh, well, I've loved everyone's like both your thoughts on it. Uh, so like my thing when I look at it is like LeBron's built this aura of like, oh, I take crappy teams to the finals because I'm so good. So for me, it's like this whole like, oh, we got to try and like dissect it and maybe make excuses and figure out what the problem is. It's like, but if you're going to like make your living on being like, oh, I'm the greatest player and I can drag a crappy team to the finals, then you're going to get shit on whenever you don't like take a team like even to the playoffs like you are right now like they're struggling so it's like i mean i don't for me it's like i don't really care that like well i know the old guys are bad i know that like especially like last night i saw some like horrible stats from them that like you guys said the young guys were good um and they have been good for the last few but i just think if you're lebron james you build up this whole thing um you just kind of gotta like live with it and you know, if you're going to tout this whole, like, oh, I'm so confident and, like, never, like, show, like, you have any sort of, like, chink in the armor, like, then, like, you don't get any excuses, like, you're hurt. You don't get any excuses, like, oh, like, the team around me is not good. And so, I guess, like, the last part, I'd say, like, the chemistry thing, I think, again, like, goes back to LeBron. He puts on this facade, like, he doesn't try and, like, push trades or things like that, but it's, like, that stuff doesn't come out of nowhere, like, He's in people's ear. He's always been in people's ear, and that's just how it is. He plays pseudo GM. So when there's a huge amount of talk that you want to trade literally everyone, everyone that's not you, and maybe like, I don't know, like Caldwell Pope or whoever his name is, like, like then, yeah, those guys probably like hate the shit out of you. And it's like, yeah, it's like really cool you're playing with LeBron, but it's like, I'm sure like Kyle Kuzma's like, okay, well, this guy's a dick, so he can like fuck right off. I mean, I know I would, I'd be like, he pulled all that shit. So I don't know. I just don't have like a lot of sympathy for LeBron and he can fuck off. No, I, I, I gotta say like, if I was Kuzma Ingram or even Lonzo ball and I was, and I was being threatened to being traded. And now that the trade didn't go through, I would kind of be bitter to him. And I know it's kind of too soon to tell. I mean, the Lakers are only three games outside of the playoffs. So I got to say, if LeBron James does not make the playoffs for making the finals eight straight years in a row, I think that's a massive hit on his career. I I don't know. What do you think, Brandon? I, uh, yeah, I guess just to kind of tie the bow on this, I, I love like the reactionary, like heated Twitter talking heads, like hype that, that always happens. But like before LeBron got hurt, they were on pace to win like 50 games. And um, they were outscoring their opponents. He was playing super well. Um, and he got hurt, and he missed a significant period of time. And personally, I think he's still hurt. He missed. He's missed 30% of the season so far. And just to throw this in there, the Lakers are sitting at 29-31 and 31 in the Eastern Conference. That's in the playoffs. That's the eighth seed. So I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. I, I, I understand we saw LeBron, like, take a Cleveland Cavaliers team that was, like, had – scrap pieces on it and he you know dragged them through the playoffs but even that like he was able to kind of coast through the regular season and then you know do that in the second round and on this is just the way like i said earlier the western conference is different so there's a lot of factors that go into it and uh as personally i love i'm going to love seeing them miss the playoffs and i love seeing uh the backlash but i don't i think it's exaggerated just a tiny bit yeah and it's 
we're going to have a lot of a lot more talks about the Lakers because it's just great to make fun of LeBron and how he's into he got his, himself into this mess in going to the Western Conference. So, we're going to see how they do for the remainder of the season, but they still have time to catch up. They might actually still make the playoffs, but for right now, let's make fun of them because they look like a shit show. So, let's move on next topic. Zion Williamson, who is the the hot subject right now. Shoegate. Oh yeah, Shoegate. So let's okay. So let me set the scene here. So he's pl- so Duke, North Carolina, one of the best rival rivalries in all of sports. Uh, do uh within like the first eight minutes, I want to say even less than that. I want to say it was like thirty four, seconds. It was thirty, 30 seconds. seconds. Holy yeah. shit. It, 30 seconds just seems like such a long time in those kind of games, but he tore right through his shoe. And and Tony Kornheiser, who I I love as a, as a commentary, the first thing he goes to when he sees that is he should sue Nike. He should sue the NCAA. The guy almost messed up his career by playing in that game. And I, I don't, I don't think that's a fair statement. He obviously wants to play in uh, March Madness. He wants to win a title. He's with Duke. He tore through his shoe. No big deal. The guy is a massive freak of nature. And it's just, it's all coming together. And, and the fact that he left the game 30 seconds in and Duke lost, it kind of says a lot about how Duke is so dependent on him. But I don't know, Brandon, what do you think? Like, it's it just seems like so much happened in that game. And it was only 30 seconds in. I don't think there's any legal grounds to sue. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's crazy that like this is one of the reasons and we've we've seen it more in college football i don't think i've seen it in basketball yet or heard about it but like some of these players are taking out insurance claims and like because of exactly this like who uh our football podcast host can help me out here but i think it was like jake butt from michigan took out like a huge um insurance claim because he was going to be a first round pick and he got hurt and he ended up being like a third or fourth round pick and that cost him like $10 million. So, I mean, Zion, it's probably even bigger. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of like funny takes from it. It's been like a Pandora's box of, you know, should he sit out the rest of the season? Should he play for Duke? Um, I've listened to, it's actually kind of interesting. Like usually most of the people I listen to and respect and read um, kind of all agree on the same thing, but um, people are pretty polarized in saying that, like, no, if Zion was my son, I would lock him in a room and he would not play another game for Duke. Or people being like, you know, like Jimmy V went on ESPN was like, oh, I miss miss the times where all you cared about was the team. I'm like, okay, that's that's a little much. And then there are people saying just let him do what he wants. So I kind of I'm I'm Aaron on the side of let him do what he wants. Uh, Bill Simmons actually made a really good point on, you know benching Zion or, you know, sitting out the rest of the team, like people want to talk about money and like, like all these endorsement deals he's going to get when he leaves college. He, he wouldn't be getting the fat shoe deal right out of college if he didn't play, play and star for Duke. So it's kind of a mixed bag. I'm interested to hear what uh Stash thinks because I know he has some hot NCAA takes, whether it's basketball or football. Yeah, so um, first of all, pretty crazy that the ghost of Jimmy V went on to ESPN. I know you meant Dick Vitale, but I thought it was pretty... <laughs> but 
Good. Just had to just had to fact check in. Not a big deal. But uh, yeah, like I don't know. I I think like the thing that bugs me, and I think I I don't know if what chat I threw it in with you guys, but it was like I just love how people use this as like a means to like push their agenda. Like freaking uh, Donovan Mitchell was like. Oh yeah, like let's not forget about the fact that both these schools are making like millions of dollars off this game and it's like, okay, that's cool, dude. Like we can all pretend like you care about like Zion or whatever, but all you're just using is his like injury, quote unquote, to like push your agenda of like players being paid. So like let's not pretend like you give a shit about this guy or what happened to him. You're just trying to like push something. And that's like what kind of like bugs me. And then, like, on top of all that, like, to go along with it, it's, like, people try to, again, push their agenda and their views. It's, like, he's come out and said he wants to play. That's why he went there. That's why he's doing this. And it's, like, I'm really sorry that doesn't fit into your narrative, guys. Like, I'm really sorry. Like, but if he wants to play, he can play. If we're going to talk about, oh, these are adults, they're professional athletes, they should be paid, they can do what they want. Well, if he wants to play, fuck off and let him play. It's bullshit. But... Yeah, I mean, I don't. I could keep going, but what do you got for us, Mayor? All right, so I I was watching one of the games that he was in, and one of the announcers announced this, and it, it made a lot of sense. His stepfather, who came in to his life at a young age, was a basketball coach. His mom, huge track star uh, in college, and his biological father was a football player. So the guy is literally this blend of track football and then his stepdad who is a big part of his life a basketball coach it all makes perfect sense how he's in this situation and he's so, he every every time i hear about zion he's just such a humble guy he's not I, here's an easy target for you trey young and his, and his father because i know you love talking about this dash he if this happened to trey young that this guy would sit out for the rest of the year and be like i'm done I'm going to go to the NBA draft. I'm going to get drafted high. I'm going to make some money. But Zion's going to come back, and even though everyone's telling him, do not do it, sue Nike, because the whole point, the whole sue Nike part is that Duke is sponsored by Nike. They force all of their players to wear Nike shoes. And I know it's like a you know a weird thing to say, hey, here's some brand new Paul George. He, so he wore Paul George's shoes, by the way. And so Paul George's were all of a sudden on the hot on the hot seat as far as buying those shoes. But you know, it, it, if if he legitimately tore his ACL or broke his leg, this would be a whole different conversation, and he could be legitimately in talks with suing one of these companies. But I don't want to get too much on that. Just the fact that this guy is is so nice and he's just so happy to be at Duke and he wants to play. It's it's kind of a cool story. So I really do hope that he recovers and comes back from this. I do like, and this can bridge into our next topic of uh, the NBA um, announcing that they're. I don't, is it confirmed that they're gonna drop the draft age? I think it is, but we can talk. Somebody can correct me after this, but I think, like in the era of player empowerment and like letting a a player kind of choose their own career, like this is just part of it. Like, if if they want to go play in college. Um, they can if they want to do the the new G League thing. They can if they want to go for the draft and risk it. They can, but um, this is a perfect example of is if Zion wants to play, that's fine. He, he he's using Duke's platform to cash in on some huge endorsements when he leaves there. So um, that's definitely part of this. Um, 
but I'm not going to buy the, like, <laughs> my bad, the Dick Vitell um, team is all that matters. Like, it's bullshit. It's, it's this narrative that the NCAA invented to, like, reap tons of money off of these guys and just, like, disregard them. So if, if, if literally if tomorrow he said, you know what, I think it's just better for me in my career if I take a seat and wait till the draft, that's fine. And no one should have a problem with that because it's his life. Yeah, and uh, let me just jump in real quick. So they have proposed to lower the age to 18. I, I don't think it's going to change until the offseason when they can uh, all the owners can meet and decide and whatever kind of talks need to take place. But as of right now, it is not definite that the age will be lowered to 18, but it is being proposed. So if that were the case, players starting next year could just come out of high school and go straight to the NBA. And they're calling that draft the, the double draft, essentially. Because yeah. the first year, it's it'll be interesting, but the first year, if that rule goes into place, you're sent, you essentially have like two draft classes for the first time. Because you have all the guys that can now come straight out and the one-and-done college kids that, you know, before had to wait. So that that's an interesting twist to this. Yeah, I mean, I'm for it, man. I think I think it's going to get a little complicated. Like, uh, you know, what if what if someone hires an agent their senior year of high school and says, "Oh yeah, first round pick for sure," and they get you know drafted like late second or and just not a position they wanted? Can they go back to college? Is it going to be like baseball where like they have their rights? Like, yeah, I I think it's going to be a lot more complicated than people think. But I mean, I'm for it. You know, if if a guy wants to risk it, if if a guy thinks he's good enough and he can make it, then why not? Yeah, I mean, I what you alluded to right there is always like my biggest fear is just like, yeah, like it's really easy to be like, oh, this rule's great because Zion's great. It's like, well, yeah, because he's a freaking like freak. He's just an insane athlete. He would like make it no matter what. But I just get nervous and worry about like the kids that like think they're really good because they're just getting pumped up. And it's like you score like 90 points in an AAU game, which... You know, it's like, that's what I worry about is all these kids just going at 18. Because what I would say is like, if you declare for the draft at 18 and you don't like your draft pick or you don't let or whatever, like, I don't think you should be able to go to the uh, NCAA. I just think it's like, at a certain point, you just have to be responsible for your actions a little bit in this case. So it's like, yeah, they could go overseas and play. And so that's, I guess, like, that segues into my only other point on it is, like, I feel like people take a shit on the NCAA about this, and, yeah, they're not, like, the most perfect, like, institution. I get that. But it's, like, at least, like, in basketball, unlike other sports, it's, like, well, uh, like, there there are other avenues to get there. Like, Luca didn't play NCAA basketball, but, you know, he's doing okay, so... We don't need to, like, pretend like there's, like, oh, you know, it's not like football where it's, like, there's literally, like, I mean, they're trying to do separate things, but it's, like, like that's the only way to do it. So this, I don't know, that's my one big thing is that people make it seem like, oh, yeah, you know, like, it's impossible to do it, and the NCAA is just owning it all, but that's just, it just doesn't make, that doesn't equate to me. Yeah, and I, you, you make a good point. I think the NCAA basketball is way ahead of the curve and even though they're not they're they're still working towards an ultimate goal that we can all kind of agree on but they're i think they're ahead of the curve of football and uh, that's something we can talk about 
more on our football podcast, uh, Garbage and Football. So tune in uh, to that. Look it up on it's on iTunes and Spotify right now. Just you know, quick plug, little free uh, plug, love little it. free plug, boy. All right, so let's move on real quick. So we're gonna hit these next three topics real quick. So let's just get our quick takes and and then we'll talk about Mavs talk to end the podcast. So real quick, Draymond Green. Uh, switched and signed with Clutch Sports, which is the same company, obviously, that Rich Paul, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, to name a couple names, are in. Uh, this is kind of a... It's not a big deal, but it, it seems like more players are working towards these kind of sports agencies where players control more of the aspect of, their, of what they do with how they move teams. And so I, I think Draymond Green saw what Rich Paul had to offer and LeBron James had to offer, and he kind of felt overwhelmed. I don't know. What do you think, Brandon? Yeah, I mean, um, first of all, clutch management, Rich Paul is the agent, and he represents LeBron and AD, just to clarify. Um, Also, as a side note, thank you, if there are any listeners out there, for dealing with our drunk host mayor today. Um, (laughs) But honestly, yeah, this came across... I guess yes, Monday morning. Um, and I I don't see like this being a big deal right now. Um, Mayor, you can check for me real quick. I think um, Draymond's a free agent in 2020, um, if I remember that right. So I, you know, I guess w- when that comes, I mean, all signs point to him leaving Golden State anyways, because he's already declining in his game. So they're not going to max him out again. Uh, but another team definitely will. So, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, but at that point, you know, LeBron's going to be even older. So I don't think I don't think it points towards some AD Draymond LeBron union. Yeah, and you're correct about the 2020. So he he's kind of looking into the future. He wants to get paid, and good for Draymond. I mean, the guy wasn't um, like a lot of NBA stars that was drafted early in the first round. He was drafted late in the later rounds. He was looked over. He's kind of got a chip on his shoulder, so I I kind of respect him for what he's doing, and good for him for kind of looking out for his own well-being. But uh, it was kind of a it was it was one of those Friday night news dumps that kind of just hit the hit everyone's phones on Friday when everyone's trying to get done with work and and go enjoy the weekend. So I think it kind of got overlooked a lot more than other news topics that came up on Monday and Tuesday. So I just wanted to bring that up. Um, so let's go right in. Next topic, Kyrie Irving in the Boston Celtics. So it is February 26th, right, uh, as of today, and the Celtics are losing. Um, you know, I'll be honest. I don't have oh, I don't have it pulled up. What is? Yeah, I'm watching it right now. So, yeah, Raptors just went on like a 10-0 run. It's close to a 20-point lead. This actually works because they're playing each other right now. We want to talk about Kyrie and uh, Kawhi respectively. Um, yeah, Ka- Ka- or, ooh, both K names. This is tough. Kyrie is a uh, very interesting situation. Obviously, it's been a long saga of him thinking he's a leader, but talking to the media way too much. and uh, Honestly, just like making his team feel bad and like, they have a bona fide, like, actual leader in Al Horford, so it's just really stupid that Kyrie feels like he needs to, like, go to the media and say, I'm trying to be a leader, but it's really hard, and they won't let me. It's like, dude, just stop talking. 
um, I'm all for, I'm, you know, living in New York now, I'm very anti-Boston, so I'm all for him not <laughs> signing there, but it's just a weird, weird situation. And I mean, he can play, like, he's a great player, but um, I don't know, part of me just thinks he needs to drop the act and, you know, just just be him. Yeah, he, the the Celtics, ever since this news came out of, of Kyrie going, oh, I don't know if I'm going to sign, he signed with Boston, after he'd already come out and said, yes, I'm going to resign. And then this whole, I'm trying to be a leader, but I'm going to call up my teammates. It's just been this massive snowball of, of the, the Boston Celtics being criticized. They're in a big market like Boston. So, of course, they get way more criticized than a lot of other teams. But they have just not looked good. And it's it, it looks really bad. I mean, they're still going to make the playoffs. But with with the talent on that team... It's amazing that they're not doing better than they are. And I think it's going to come down to how well they do in the playoffs is what dictates what happens with this team in the offseason. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, they're down 26 at Toronto right now. And that uh, kind of transitions into uh, the I can't remember the day, but reports started surfacing that Toronto is trying to re-sign Kawhi, which absolutely they should be. Um, they should be offering it every possible asset and <laughs> legal bribe to keep him because obviously it's been a great fit. Toronto looks like a scary team. Um, and I, I, I just feel like the Raptors fit Kawhi really well because he's um, always been a guy that kind of shies away from the spotlight and, you know, um, just really doesn't like kind of didn't want to do interviews early on in San Antonio. So uh, team wise and like city wise, I think it's a good fit for him. But then, even the pieces they're surrounding him with are really, really working out. So obviously for Toronto, if I was a Toronto fan, I would say, yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, it is very, very cold in Toronto and Kawhi is from LA. So, you know, if he's looking to go home and, you know, join the Clippers and, you know, another franchise that he can kind of stay just outside of the limelight. Uh, I wouldn't fault him there either, but it just it just seems odd. Like in one of the most competitive leagues in the world, you just want to go to your home city and you're content, even if you're not good. Like Toronto is set up to compete for a long time, so it, to me, it seems weird that he wouldn't resign there. Yeah, and and the the Toronto Raptors before the end of tonight's game, they're 44 and 17, and that would be number one in the Western Conference over the Golden State Warriors, yeah. who are only 43 and 17. So, and I know the Eastern Conference, they play shittier teams, but 44 and 17 is still very impressive. It, and it's still the NBA. It's very, it's still very hard to win. The Celtics lost to the tanking Chicago Bulls. I mean, nothing is a guaranteed win. So the fact that you can go, that you can get that kind of record is pretty impressive. So I got to admit, if the Toronto Raptors keep this up and they go far in the playoffs, I think it's all going to come down to how the Celtics do and how the Toronto Raptors do if they can retain these star athletes. Before you go, Stavs, it's now a 30-point game and they keep showing Kyrie looking so sad on the bench. It's so funny. Well, you know, it's just because he's such a good leader and they're not listening to him. But uh, my thoughts are really on Kawhi. I think, like, what's interesting is that um, it seems like, based on, like, the last saga 
of all this of him working like or him like being injured or whatever it seems like for whatever reason his quote-unquote camp gets a, like a lot of like they get a lot of stuff out into the media or that or whatever but he just doesn't seem to like care or feel the need to refute or deny that or acknowledge it which is a little different than most stars especially now in the nba so it's kind of hard for her to like read into what he's thinking i think going to i don't it's tough though because the clippers aren't bad right now which is kind of crazy because they just shipped off yeah. like everyone yeah watches um, harold yeah I, like well wasn't it but huh, you know it's like i if it's really if it comes down to you know clippers or toronto like i don't know if he can make a wrong move i mean it just depends on what he's into uh, so that's just what's hard. You don't really know. He doesn't really give you a whole lot, and that's fine. That's his thing. And so if I were to put a bold prediction, I think he stays in Toronto. So there it is. No real reason. I just gut feeling. I like it. Okay. Yep. And it's it's just, it, once again, it's way too early to tell. And it's something that I love just following because there's so much pettiness. There's so much sensitivity when it comes to things kind of these kind of things that it's going to come down to how well the team performs and right now toronto raptors are on the uptick and the boston celtics are on the downhill decline so if i had to say right now Kawhi staying Kyrie's leaving but way too early to tell so let's let's continue on let's end the pod with what we always do and that is mavs talk dallas let's mavs so just to give you an update, the Mavs just lost to the Clippers, but Doc Rivers, the class act, gave Dirk Nowitzki a standing ovation. At the end of the game, he calls a timeout. So the Clippers are up by 10 points, so they have this game in the bag. 10 seconds left. Uh, Doc Rivers has the ball. His team has the ball. He calls a timeout, gets on the mic, and says, Dirk Nowitzki, one of the greatest players of all time, this standing ovation and right now, I, if I if I recall, Dirk's about seventy-ish plus points away from passing Wilt Chamberlain on the all-time list. So he's gonna if, he'll get it, he's going to get it this season. Yeah. So if he averages about ten to twelve points a game, he's going to get it in another six games. The, the The season won't be over yet, so he's probably going to get it this season. So I'm pretty excited for that. But as far as Bring yeah. season two in. Brandon, do you think he's actually going to retire this season? Oh, gosh. Um, so, yeah, honestly, I didn't even know we were going to talk about this because literally everyone talked about the Doc Rivers thing, so I figured we could skip it. But um, I don't think he knew if he was going to retire going into this season. Um, and everyone points to the All-Star thing like, oh, obviously he's going to retire. But, like, he this year included he's not making another all-star game legitimately so that's why that made sense is hey let's have him one more time no matter if he's retiring or not because based on merit he's not going to make one so this is going to be his last all-star game so i think that's a good distinguishing thing to think about um but yeah i, th I think he's retiring i think um i think he, probably about like halfway through the season he probably let um, you know, someone like Cuban, no. And I think it's just been small circles, like, you know, Doc Rivers catching wind of it and doing what he did last night and, you know, Adam Silver and the All-Star thing. So I, I think he's gone, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think all signs point to it. Even watching him on the court, like, he just doesn't, like, you know, I, I feel bad saying it, but he, like, lumbers around. I mean, he can make shots because he's just one of the best ever, but, you know, I think that he does. And so I think it really just points to, like, the true, I mean, as Mavs fans, the real transition. And so I guess if I can help segue to the, the next topic, it's like as the, as the Mavs really turn into Luka's team 1,000%, what, what what are they looking at? Like, what do they need? What do they want? Uh, what do you think happens? Where they're? I mean, they have a lot of struggles. So, uh, Brandon, I think you you've got stuff. What what do you got? Yeah. So like every you know every consensus like Mavs, you know Twitter or like podcasts or whatever, um, pretty much like and even Mark Cuban said it in an interview. Pretty much agrees like for Kristaps and Luca, we're gonna need rebounding, defense, and shooting. Um, you know, which are three crucial things to any team. Um, so people have been throwing out names, which I think I threw the name out first, but uh, Julius Randle, um, even like people are, <laughs> Montrezl Harrell dropped like 32 on us the other night. So people are like, dang, it'd be nice to get Montrezl Harrell. Um, but I was really thinking about it yesterday and like the other guard that you put in the backcourt with Luca is going to be really, really, really interesting because. Um, Luca is a point guard, and so you're. Some people are like offering these like ball dominant volume shooters up and saying, "Oh, this is who we need with Luca, like a Bradley Beal." And I'm I'm just not convinced because Luca has the ball in his hands so often. Um, so I was just curious, and I'm sure I didn't I didn't do this as deep or as good as I should have, but I was curious, and so I did like a search on one of the advanced stats website. And I just wanted to see um, the guards in the NBA that have the highest defensive efficiency with uh, at least 40 games played in more than 20 minutes. So they're, they're starting, they're significant players for their teams. Um, And the top 10 like defensive guards was really interesting, Um, but two of them are actually going to be restricted free agents. So I figured we could just talk about them a little bit um, because they might be, targets for the Mavericks because I think when you're thinking about a guard partner with Luca, you need a great defender that can catch and shoot. And that's not very ball dominant. So the first yeah. one I, I, Oh, you, you want to say something? No, no, I was going to, I was just going to say, I, I perfectly agree with what you're saying. And just looking at the Mavs coming out of the all-star break, you're right. Luka Doncic is just dishing the ball out like crazy. He just had a triple double against the Clippers and he made Dwight Powell look like yeah. the best player in ages. He went, Dwight Powell went 10 for 11, two for two on three pointers. Yeah. Uh, the most, some of the most amazing stats he's put up in his career. And I got to say, all, almost all of Luka Doncic's assists had to have gone to Dwight Powell because the, he's good, but he's not that good. And he put up some great numbers. And just looking at these stats, I mean, it's it's almost absurd that the the Dallas Mavs lost to the Clippers. I think the Clippers just had a really good game, and they're coached by I mean, a really we can't, good coach, yeah. Doc Rivers. Yeah, let's not you know take that out of the realm of possibility. But yeah, you're right. It the Mavs are a good team because Luka Doncic is on the floor. Yeah, and like, and this is going to be an issue too. Like, Luka's not a great defender, and I mean, Kristaps is a good shot blocker, but he's not a good defender. Um, so that's going to be an issue no matter what. So, like, literally with our starters, our 
to our bench, our defense goes from bad to really bad. So that's why the Clippers won. But as far as the two guards, right, the the top 10 kind of defending guards, um, I think he was like second overall in defensive efficiency. Um, and I'll qualify this with his team is a really good system defense team. But um, let, let's see if this name rings a bell for you guys. Malcolm Brogdon. He's a, <laughs> a starting Whoa. guard for uh, the Bucks. So uh, Giannis, great. I think they're actually the top defensive team in, in the league, and they they have a really good system as far as defense. Um, but yeah, the dude is, he's a bigger guard. He's a lockdown defender, um, and he's going to be a restricted free agent. So I wouldn't be surprised if we put an offer in there. Um, he's young-ish. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I want to say he's like 25, 26. Um, shoots a three pretty well. And then here's the the really interesting one. And he was in top 10 defense, defensive efficiency, which kind of surprised me. And, you know, if someone on Twitter wants to fact check me and tell me why that stack gets inflated, I'm welcome to it. Please do. Uh, but Terry Rozier is a really interesting one because he's going to be a restricted free agent next year as well. Um, and the Celtics actually tried to extend him earlier this season and he rejected it. So he wants that offer sheet. So he and he's a better three point shooter than Brogdon. So I think that we might see an offer sheet from the Mavs for Scary Terry, which would be cool. Yeah, I was about to say Scary Terry. He's really good for being a backup, and it kind of depends on how much the Celtics blow up this off season as far as losing Kyrie. Because if they lose Kyrie, you know the Celtics are going to try everything in their power to keep uh, Scary Terry, but. You're right. I mean, the the Bucks. No one, no everyone is sleeping on the Bucks right now because they are probably one of the best historic teams that's that's happened in quite a long time, at least in me, recent memory. And and they're just kind of slept on because they're a small market team. And I think they're going to go really far in the playoffs. And that and that'll be a conversation for another pod. But uh, there is a lot of good talent out there that the Mavs can pick out on, and they have the cap room. They have those trade exceptions. There's a lot that can happen this offseason. Yeah. I, uh, you know, like thinking about like different things, especially someone you mentioned like Luca's defense. I think that's something that he'll grow into. I think like playing NBA defense is a lot more finesse based than maybe like the European game. Uh, That's like a vague thing. Like I'll pretend that I know a lot about, but I just, the European game, I guess is a little more physical. Uh, Marcus Smart would be all about it. But uh, I guess like when I think of someone like, and I don't know if it'd be actually him, but I wish there was someone like him. I think the Mavs would benefit a lot from getting a guy like a J.J. Redick, the guy who can shoot, but is like defensively responsible, but would be good in the backcourt because uh, he's a backcourt player, right? With uh, Luca, because yeah. he's someone that could like, you know, he'll, he can, he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands to make an impact. And so it's about finding guys like that. Um, Believe it or not, he he was up there on that search I ran for defensive defensive efficiency, which shocked me. So again, yeah, no, Twitter people, been. please tell me why I'm getting that stat wrong. But yeah, if he's definitely he's just still on a pretty inflated contract, and he's super old, so I didn't I didn't well, if, pick yeah. him out of the list. But he's either free this year or next year, something like that, based on like the little thing that i was looking at here but that's just like the kind of player that i think would really like help the mavericks a lot um 
you know, and then it's just, it, it is going to be tough trying to fill in those pieces. Um, but I guess I have renewed confidence in Donnie Nelson and Mark Cuban after years of talking smack about how they would always trade away uh, picks and whatever, but. Yeah. Also, and... can we, can we mention this before we wrap up? Uh, Cuban did an interview on a Mavericks podcast and said only 30 people on Twitter want a rebrand and i literally left out loud yeah i might have been all 30 of those people and then he just stopped looking because <laughs> i've always said that they have one of, like, one of the worst logos and worst like everything but boy that's real promising when the owner's like no nah, it's great everyone <laughs> likes it it's great everyone loves it and he did like, say and i i agree like i didn't i never thought of this but when he said it i was like you know what that makes sense he said um, you know, we're not even going to think about a rebrand until Dirk's chapter ends to kind of, you know, just turn the page completely on the Mavericks franchise. And so that makes a lot of sense to me. But the fact that he said, yeah, I think only 30 people on Twitter want this. I was like, uh, I just saw a tweet about a rebrand that had like 3000 retweets. So that is not true. <laughs> I mean, Mark Cuban's loving this. He's, he's in, he's in the, best part that i mean he hasn't been this excited about the franchise since dirk Nowitzki and steve nash were on the team together yeah and he even came out and said i'm not gonna redo that mistake of trading away steve nash so he is hyped up about this team next season is going to be amazing and to give you guys a glimpse into how the mavs they're 26 and 34 right now so they're 60 games into the 82 game season they have about 22 games left your boy bet in the beginning of the season that the Mavs would win at least 35 games. So not looking good, but <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm crossing my fingers. So, uh, there's still a chance if they just win half of the remaining games, just half, I, I win. So I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out. Obviously we're going to come, uh, back on the pod in a week to discuss more Mavs talk more NBA drama that just seems to happen literally every night. And and because we have a podcast only once a week, we can only talk about the hot subjects, but there's so much drama that happens every night. And I can't wait to talk about more next week. So just to wrap everything up, Brandon, Stash, thanks for joining on the pod. From Distance, coming to you live. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify. Hit us up. Rate us, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun ride. And I'm like I said in the beginning of the pod, I'm about a couple beers deep, so don't expect this kind of energy in the next pods, but I fucking I might I might make this make this a habit. So thanks everyone Love for it. joining. Thanks guys for joining, and uh we'll see you next week. Peace. <laughs>